What a blessing. Isn't that good? Boy, if you were here tonight, you'd shout amen. I miss hearing those amens, but I'll just uh, take them from wherever you are. And if you want to, just post a good amen on Facebook right now. And uh, tell you what, I'm glad that the news report from heaven says everything will be all right. The worst thing can happen to a Christian is die and go to heaven. Our uh, mentor and uh, hero of the faith, Dr. John Rice, one night was going to a revival meeting, and I think of it often. And a group of fellows decided that they would rob this old man, and so uh, they held a gun up to him and told him uh, to give uh, them his money, and he said, you can't threaten me with heaven. I'm glad that everything's all right in heaven. Get your Bibles now. Everybody get your Bibles. Find your Bible from this morning. Everybody get a Bible. Uh, not just one, not just dad. Uh, everybody get your Bible now. Everybody. Psalm number 78. Psalm number 78. I want you to sit up now. I want you to pay attention. Uh, spiritual warfare is going to go on right now, and the devil's going to do everything he can to distract you. If you were at church, you wouldn't worry about the dog. If you were at church, you wouldn't worry about the cat. You wouldn't worry about anything. You wouldn't know about all of that. It'd be at home. You'd be at church. So put out all of that distraction and be determined that you would listen uh, to the message tonight. Psalm number 78. I'm preaching tonight. Verse 7 is my text verse where the Bible says that they might set their hope in God that they might set their hope in God. Let's begin reading in verse number 1, and we will go through verse number 7, our text verse this evening. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will, understand, I will utter dark sayings of old. Now that's simply... Uh, truths and statements that are deep in understanding that would require the work of the Holy Spirit helping us to understand things with deep and rich meaning he's talking about. Verse number three, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength. And his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. This is repeated again and again. Make known to their children. Make known to their children. Verse number 6. That the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born. Those that are not yet alive, make sure that you plan not only to teach your children, but your grandchildren these truths and the wonderful works of God. Notice what he says. Who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope. Notice that word, if you will, hope. That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we approach the preaching of your word tonight, I hunger for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you'd fill me and use me, accomplish your will in and through me tonight. I pray that our attention would be arrested by the Holy Spirit. And I pray that we would give our thinking and our hearts to the word of God. Help me as I preach the message. Help me to illustrate it so all can understand it. 
Help me to apply it so that all could live the truth that we'll learn tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It is interesting to me how difficulty, how testing, how trials like we are facing now reveals God or reveals truth in our lives. Things that we do not see normally. We live a pretty fast-paced life. You've heard folks say, boy, I wish things were slow like they used to be. Well, we're just about there. Things are slowing down. And we, we don't see things normally because our fast pace of life. But when we come under the pressure of trials, it often reveals a truth. It often reveals God that we don't see every day. The, the current virus, there are talk of two or three medicines that perhaps uh, could help this virus and uh, use it as a treatment or maybe even uh, to get vaccinated from it returning again. And that search is going on. That search wasn't going on until this virus came. And so difficulties and trials in our life, it reveals things in the Word of God that we had not normally seen. That being said, a single word in this passage was brought to my attention in reading in the last few weeks, and that is the word hope. Now, the word hope is not an uncommon or an unusual word in the Bible, but it's interesting to me that the word hope is used here. And it's interesting not only because of it being the word hope, but what the word is not. If there was a blank there and I was filling in uh, the blanks, I would put that they might set their faith in God. Faith, of course, is similar to hope, but there is a difference, and I'll preach on that difference tonight. He didn't say faith, but he said, I want you to teach your children the law. I want you to teach them the commandments. I want you to tell them of my mighty works, my supernatural works that I've done for you, that they would set their hope in God. I believe every word in the Bible is important. I believe it is where it is supposed to be. So the word hope is supposed to be here in verse number 7 rather than faith. He is telling God's people how to behave. He's telling them how to live in faith and obedience so that their children would set their hope in God. He is telling them to give God the glory for the things he's done in their life. My wife sings a song. It's perhaps one of my top five favorite songs to give God the glory. When we remember when life without God and what a difference God has made. And so the difference he's made, we testify to others and we give God the glory for those things he's done in our life. And he's saying here, I want you to so live. I want you to so obey that your children would set their hope in God. I want you to tell them stories of what I have done that they would set their hope in God. Now let's go a step further. What is the meaning of the word faith and the word hope as seen in this passage of, of, of Scripture? I believe a quick understanding would be faith is in the person of God and faith is in the word of God Hope would be in the works or in the ways of God. We know that there is a God. We know that God is in control. Hope is that we do not know how God will work, but we're assured, we're confident that God will work. 
When their fathers faced the Red Sea, they turned to God in faith, and God did something that had never been done before. Before them was the vast waters of the Red Sea. Behind them was Pharaoh's armies. It seemed that Pharaoh's armies had them right where they wanted them. They had them trapped. And they would take their lives and it would end this struggle. Perhaps they would take the children and, and build another generation of slaves for Pharaoh. And perhaps that was their plan. But God put a cloud that caused them not to be able to see the children of Israel for a while. And then before them, God did something he'd never done before. He parted the waters. They walked across on dry land. Not only did he do that, but in God's timing, as the children of Israel made their way to the other side, then Pharaoh's armies came behind them to chase them across that body of water and through that dry land. God closed up the Red Sea and he drowned Pharaoh and his armies. Now, the Bible says that they wrote a song about that and the purpose of that song was not a tune, but it was a truth. And that truth was to say to their children, we serve a mighty God. And I want to tell you what God has done because I want you to set your hope in God. The children then could say, I have faith in God as to who he is but I have a hope in God in that he will do something. I'm not sure what he will do. I'm not sure how he will do it, but I have a hope. That word hope, interesting all through the Bible. The Bible talks about the return of Christ as our blessed hope. Why is the word used, a hope? Uh, why is it not just the blessed return of Christ? Why is it the blessed hope? Because there's a question mark as to when he will return. We know he's going to return without a shadow of a doubt. The trumpet of God will sound. The dead in Christ will rise first. And, the, and then we which are alive and remain will catch them. We'll meet them in the clouds. Now we know. Christ is coming but we do not know when so we refer to him as our blessed hope and here he is saying I want them to set their hope in God saying I don't know what God's going to do but I'm expecting God to do something because God is in control now I have faith in God today in this pandemic I believe God wants the attention of America. I believe he wants the attention of his children. I believe he wants the attention of his children around the world but I also have a hope in God. What does that mean? I don't know what God's going to do, but he's doing something. And I believe what he's doing is for his will and for his favor, for his pleasure. I'm expecting God to do something and to show his hand. Not only is there a hope, there's a bit of an excitement. There is a bit of understanding God is about to do something big. God is about to perform a miracle in our nation that many Christians will be revived and many unsaved will put their faith and trust in Christ. All of a sudden, the ball games have stopped. All of a sudden, the shopping has come to an end and folks are just stopped at home and wondering, and what's the answer? Where do we go? I'll tell you where the answer is. The answer is in God. The answer is faith in him. The answer is knowing Christ is Savior. God wants our attention this evening. Our children will face things in the future that they have not faced. There will not be a precedence to be an example as far as a faith, but they can set their hope in God simply trusting to know that God is in 
control. Let me make this statement. This is the other side. This is the negative. I want us to set our hope in God. I want our children to set their hope in God. I want the next generation to set their hope in God rather than setting their hope in something else. Rather than setting their hope in government. Rather than setting their hope in philosophy. Rather than setting their hope in the power of man. I preached on television on Saturday evening that famines were reminders that man is not in control. As strong as Pharaoh was, Pharaoh was not in control. Pharaoh was a dependent on God. He could not, Pharaoh could not make it rain. Pharaoh could not make the vegetables grow. Pharaoh could not cause the cows to calve. It's God that's in control of those things. And these days remind us that we're not in control, but God is. Let me give you an illustration of the difference in faith and hope again. As a child, I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I heard about salvation. I heard that I was a sinner and all men are sinners. And because of sin, death is passed upon all men. I've had some to say, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the Bible. You may not, but you're still going to die because the curse of sin is on every man. Sin has brought death to every man. Some point in time, all are going to die except those that are caught up in the rapture to meet the Lord in the air. Those that are living when Christ returns. But I heard the gospel that all are sinners and all have a sin debt. I heard the gospel that Jesus died to pay for my sin. But he didn't just love me, just didn't live for me, just didn't die for me. He conquered death, hell, and the grave when after three days, early on that Sunday morning, as the sun began to rise, Jesus arose from the grave, proving himself to be the Savior of the world. You see, many claim to be the Savior. Many, many love their people. Many live for their people. Many even died for their people. But Christ did something no other has ever done. Christ rose from the grave. And he is what is called the first fruits, which means because he arose, those of us that put our faith and trust in him for salvation, we too have eternal life in Christ. Now, I heard the facts about, uh, about salvation. And so I put my faith in those facts, and my salvation was a result of that faith. The facts, faith, and salvation. As a 16-year-old boy, I heard the Word of God preached and knew that there was a need for people to serve the Lord. I said 16 years old. At about 13 years old, I came to this recognition. And I realized that folks need to serve God and that God made us, but He made us for Him. Isaiah posed the question, uh, uh, Who will go for me? And Isaiah said, Here am I, Lord, send me. As I go through the scripture, I come to the church at Antioch and the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And I realize that there is a need to serve the Lord. I heard how that Jesus in his ministry called the disciples from their occupations to leave and to the occupation to follow him and he would make them fishers of men. Matthew left the collecting of taxes. Peter left his nets and he followed Christ and on and on of the different stories of how men left what they were doing to follow Christ and I realized those are the facts. I put my faith in that and I decided to give my life to serve the Lord. The facts, faith, 
the results. I heard then about the Holy Spirit. I heard that the Holy Spirit wants to fill every Christian. I learned from the scripture that when I get saved, the Holy Spirit comes inside of me. He doesn't have all of me, but he has all of me that I yield to him. And I learned that I need to yield my life to Christ so that I may be filled with the Spirit. Less of me, more of him. Uh, Paul said, I must decrease. He must, uh, 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 John said, I must decrease. He must increase. I heard uh, uh, the scripture where the Bible says, I will pour water on him who's thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I studied that and I found out if I'm going to be thirsty uh, for the power of the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I can't fill my life with all of the things. I'm not talking about sin. I know about good things. I'm talking about fun things. I'm talking about things that there's nothing wrong with except they would take the place of my hunger to be satisfied with the Spirit of God. So the facts were, he said, I'll fill you as you yield to me. I put my faith and trust in that. I believe that. And I believe as much as I yield and fill my mind and heart with the Word of God, I'll be filled with the Spirit of God. The Bible said, be you filled with the Spirit. Be you not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be you filled with the Spirit. As a man is filled with wine, the more wine he has, the more intoxicated, the more drunk he's going to be. A man that's filled with the Word of God and filled with time with God, the more he's going to be filled with the Spirit of God. I put my faith in that. I believe that. I learned about tithing and giving as a boy. It didn't make any sense to me at first. I thought when I was running that paper route early in the morning and I, I get all, I collect for all of the uh, paper sales uh, during the week and I take the money out to pay the paper company and then what money was left was mine. A lot of it was quarters and dimes and nickels and dollar bills. And then my dad said, now son, 10% of that belongs to God. I didn't understand why. I thought, why God didn't get up with me at four o'clock this morning to run the paper route. At least I thought that, but he did. And uh, it was God. My dad said, but God gave you the strength to do that. God gave you the ability to do that. And the truth is, son, 10% doesn't belong to God. All of it belongs to God. You're supposed to be a proper steward of that. And if, you, if you'll listen to me, if you'll do what the Bible says, God will bless your life. And so I started tithing as a boy. I started giving 10%. I started giving an offering. I started giving to other things. And while I can't explain it, God multiplies what we have. Just like taking a seed of corn and putting it in the ground, you don't get one piece of corn back. You get a stalk of corn and three ears of corn, and I, I believe there's an average of six to 700 kernels of corn on one cob, and so one piece of corn brings all of that. And so I learned about tithing. That was a fact. So I put my faith in that, and sure enough, God blessed that. Many things I learned. I learned to put God first in my life. Matthew 6, 33. But wait a minute. Here's the purpose of the message. I learned more than that from the lives of my parents and the past generation of God's men. I learned more than to have faith in God. I learned from my parents to have hope in God. What is the difference? With salvation, everything is clear. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. If I'll trust him, he'll give me eternal life. That's clear cut, and I put my faith in that, and there's no question about that. But some things in life weren't that easy. Some things required not just a faith in the promise of God, but a hope in the person of God. I remember my parents starting Bible Baptist Church in July of 1972. 
And I remember my dad working jobs. I remember him praying. I remember watching him pray and hearing him pray and asking God to provide. I've watched him as tears have streamed down his face and he's begged God to help him in providing for his family and helping to provide for the church. You see, he wasn't just taking a Bible promise that says if you'll do this, God will do this. He was putting his hope in God and I watched God provide. I watched God give finances. I watched God give groceries. I watched God give us coal to put in the coal stoves. I watched God give us gravel and building materials. I watched God, and you know what I did? I not only put my faith in God, I set my hope in God. I began to dream as the Bible says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. I began to do things in my life that were beyond just faith, but it was a hope in God believing with all of my heart God would bless a service for him. I didn't know how he would do it. I couldn't explain and tell you what God was going to do, but I look back and in my life it was as big as God parting at the waters of the Red Sea. It was as big as God giving manna from heaven. It was as big as God giving water from a rock. It didn't make sense but God did it and I'm saying in the message tonight God says not just to obey the word of God but tell you children of the mighty works that I've done that they might set their hope in God. I learned not just to have faith in God. I learned to set my hope in the Lord. I watched them start a bus ministry and go from one bus route to 13 bus routes. I watched my father set up tents and hold tent revivals and start a radio ministry in a Christian school. I watched him build buildings. I saw when he came under attack and, uh, and opposition. I watched my parents go through times of difficulty and challenges. I watched my father get cancer at age 38 and die with a strong faith in God to the very second that he closed his eyes. I watched my mother continue to serve God in full confidence that God was going to take care of us even though our father was no longer there. There was nobody there to provide, but God did provide and he carried us through and I developed in my heart a hope that God would do something in my life. May I say, I faced many things in life I didn't know I would face. Things that were new to me. Things that you could not prepare for. But with my hope in God, it's been amazing to watch the Lord and to see what he has done to bless. It's been overwhelming. You see, I didn't know how. I didn't know when. I didn't know where from. But he's done it, and glory to God, he has. As I look today, just, just as I do so often, back over the years that I've been the pastor here at Clay's Mill Baptist, we're at a place now, we've never done this before. I mean, I've been a pastor for 34 years now, and all of a sudden I preach in an empty building. I preach by way of internet. I didn't know as a boy I would do this. There was no internet in those days. But you see, when you have hope in God... And you just trust him. You say, I don't know what God's going to do, but you wait and see he's going to do something. I don't know how he's going to do it. He didn't have to have a way. He's God. He can make a way. If he made a way across the Red Sea, he can make a way for me. 
And as I've seen God work in my life, I say to my children, I say to the next generation, yes, have faith in the word of God, but also set your hope in the person of God. For when you face things that you can't find specifically defined and described in the scripture, you can still say, I have a God who's on the throne. I don't know what he's doing, but I know he's doing something. I know it'll work together for good because the Bible says it will. It'll work together for the will of God in my hope. Hope is in him. Our church in May of 1991 on a Sunday morning had 30 people, 32 people. I've watched God save so many hundreds and thousands of people. I've watched not only that church grow, I've watched 45 churches start from that church and its growth. You say, how did God do that? What plan did you follow? I didn't follow a plan. I just had hope in God. I did follow the plan of the local church, just going soul winning and preaching the word of God and walking with God. I just did what God said. But I didn't know how God was going to do all of that. I didn't know what God was going to do. I didn't know that 20 years ago, God would allow us to start a college to train servants for the Lord. And now people across the nation and even the world are serving God that trained at come wealth. I've built multiple buildings and not a single time did I have the money to build that building but I had a hope in God. I believed it was a work for God. Do you see what I'm saying tonight? Are you living a life? Look, during this time you can't be critical of God. You, You can't lose faith in God. You can't lose your hope in God. You have to say to your children, if God parted the waters of the Red Sea, God will take us through this pandemic. If God gave a manna from heaven and water from a rock and God's taking care of me, God's taking care of my my wife, your mother, and God is taking care of our grandfather and our grandmothers. Listen to me. God can take care of us now. And they may say, well, how's he going to do it? I don't have to explain how. I can just tell you the who. God's going to take care of it. God's in control. I look back over what God has done from the starting of the camp Circle C Baptist Ranch 15 years ago and there are folks now saying oh no what are we going to do about camp I don't know but I have hope in God and it's going to be good I know that everything has been good it's not always been enjoyable but it's worked out for his good the television program the radio ministry the tent revivals the properties just set your hope in God I want to live my life in the dark days in the tough days with not only a faith in God but a hope in God that my children would say you know what I think I'll follow what dad's doing I think I'll follow his direction then listen to all the gloom and doom and the folks that say there's no hope friend as long as there's a God there's hope I say to God's people this evening give God the glory for what he's done in your life look at your life and say I can't explain it other than to say God did this. Your children, our children are going to face, our grandchildren are going to face unseen and unknown challenges in life. Let them know that no matter what they face, the Lord will make a way. I love that verse in Isaiah 43, 16 where the Bible said, Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Let me ask you a question. What are you facing today? What's uncertain in your life? What causes you to fear today? I'll tell you what to replace that fear with. Not only a faith in the promises of God, but a hope in the person of God. Let's look back over the last 10 years and see how many times God's failed us. Seriously, how many times has God failed you? 
20 years, 30 years. Let, let's take out the history book. How many times has God failed us in 100 years? God has never failed us. Why would we put our hope in anything else except in God? Place your hope in the Lord, whatever your challenge is. I'll not take time to go through the rest of the chapter, but there came a generation that did not glorify God and his works. <clears throat> Excuse me, and their children rebelled against the Lord and they were consumed of the enemy. We don't need to set our hope in government. I'm not negative toward them. I'm thankful for the leadership. I'm thankful for what they do. That's not where my hope is. My hope is in the Lord. I'll just give you a few verses through the scripture how many times it's, it, this is said. Psalm 130, verse number 7, let Israel hope in the Lord. Psalm 131, 3, let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. Psalm 146, and verse number 5, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord is God. Psalm 147, verse 11, the Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him and those that hope in his mercy. Jeremiah said, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. He said again during the writing of the Lamentations, his weeping over Israel, a nation that once was a great and mighty <clears throat> nation, but now was a solitary nation, robbed and spoiled. He said, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. Jeremiah said, as I look around me, I see nothing but destruction. Ah, but in my soul, there's hope in the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 1, the Bible says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter talked about it. First Peter chapter 3 and verse number 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I'm going to ask my wife to come to the piano just to play an invitation song. And I want us now, if you will, to gather your family around. And I want you to think about what I've said. And I want us in prayer. Could I ask you, could I invite you wherever you are, if you're able to get on your knees before God and examine your heart right now and say, where is my hope in this pandemic? I'm praying for doctors to find a cure. I'm praying that doctors will find a medicine that will uh, uh, inoculate us from uh, the virus and the, few, uh, 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 and the flu uh, in the future. I'm praying for that. But my hope is not in a doctor. My hope is in the Lord. As she begins to play, and you begin to pray, where is your hope? Are you teaching your children to have hope in God? I remember the day as a boy, I was standing there and my dad said, son, look at there. I said, what is it, dad? He said, why, it's a truck. I said, what is it, dad? He said, it's a truckload of coal, son. I've been praying for that. And I said, really? He said, yes. Son, he said, we're about out of cold here at the church and right now it's expensive and hard to get. And I've been praying that God would give us coal for our coal stoves. 
I stood there as a little boy and I said, wow, Dad, that's amazing. And as he shared with me the answer to God's prayer, I set my hope in the Lord. I watched him live. I watched him die with his faith and hope in the Lord. And I said, when it comes to my dying day, that's how I want to die. I set my hope in the Lord. I watched him set out to do works, build buildings and do things that required prayer and begging God, sacrificing, and I watched God provide in miraculous ways. I watched him as he provided, as God provided, and I said, I'm putting my hope in the Lord. Where's your hope tonight? Oh, in these difficult days, children need to hear Daddy pray. In these difficult days, children need to hear Mama pray. Mama pray with your children. They watch the news, those little ears, they hear the fear, they sense the fear. They need the sense of confidence. They need the sense of trust in your prayers. Our God is still on the throne. Give God the glory tonight for what he's done in your life. Let your children know, oh, let your children know that God is in control. Heavenly Father, tonight we're thankful for the word of God. We're thankful for the simple instruction of salvation to put our faith in you for salvation and we put our faith in you and we receive from that eternal life. We'll put our faith in the instruction of being filled with the Holy Spirit and we can be confident in your word that we can be filled with your spirit. Some things, Lord, we don't know how they're going to turn out, but if we set our hope in you, we sit and prayerfully watch as you work. And as you bring your way about, as I look back in history, Pharaoh couldn't stop your will. Nebuchadnezzar could not stop your will. Nero could not stop your will. All the way through, nobody could ever stop your will. And Lord, our hope is in you. I pray that you'd bless the message tonight to the hearts of those that will watch here and around the world. I pray, Lord, that you'd bless, give us that faith and hope in you that would be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for watching the program tonight. If you've not yet done so, if you would, share this uh, message to your page so that your friends will be able to access it in that way. May the good Lord bless you. Join us tomorrow night at 8.30 for a prayer meeting. Let me make just one other statement before I finish tonight. I'm praying about what God would have us to do in these coming days as uh, we come to a screeching halt and things are even more slow in the coming days with very few businesses open. I'm praying that God would give us wisdom and we've talked about and we're praying about having a revival each evening right here on this same uh, program, right here on this same page at 7 o'clock each evening. That would take us up to the prayer time at 8.30 for our nation. I not only am praying for revival, I'm expecting God to do something great. My hope is in the Lord. Thank you for watching tonight.